everyone, and welcome to another Scots We Hate podcast. And today I'm joined by Don Taylor to talk all about the Manipulate Festival. Hello, Don. Hiya, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. And I'm really excited to talk about this because I wasn't really aware of Manipulate, but it's, well, there's lots going on, let's put it that way. What can you tell us about Manipulate for this year? Yeah, so this year is the 16th edition of Manipulate. Um, we It will be our first full festival, full live festival uh, in three years. And mm -hmm. the first one actually since I started in post. So it's particularly exciting for me, um, but also just th so thrilled for our community to be back and back with a bang. Um, in celebration of that, I think the, the, the main thing this year that we're particularly excited about is that we're really exploding out into the city. So previously our festival has been contained into one or maybe two venues. And this year we really want to reach out and yeah, we've got some brilliant new venue partnerships, but also into the city streets. Uh, and that's very much about connecting with new audiences and reaching people, maybe like yourself, who haven't heard that much about Manipulate before, to kind of introduce ourselves and really make sure that we're reaching as many people as possible. And um, so we've got an exciting programme that I can tell you all about. And that city is Edinburgh, we should say. That is, yeah, because uh, I was, I, is it, so it's grown arms and legs and, and, and as you say, it's expanding out to new places and it's outside as well as, inside um what is the program can you tell i mean it's a huge program so we may be some time but what what um, can you tell us about the program well in terms of our remit and what we do I, we define ourselves as presenting work that is primarily visual it's visually led and what we mean by that is that it's work which maybe uses mostly imagery rather than text to tell a story or which breathes life into the inanimate. And by that, we mean animation, puppetry, object theater, animated forms. And the reason for those art forms particularly, I mean, it's in terms of people who are familiar with the British theater tradition, particularly, we have a very text-based theater culture. Mm -hmm. And that's unlike a lot of other European countries where work is designed to naturally to travel across borders. So in terms of being internationally facing in Edinburgh's international festival city, and and also in our wider remit as Puppet Animation Scotland, it very much, much made sense to us to nurture this strand of work, which is about using other ways to communicate, activating other parts of the brain uh, and, and awakening things in people. Um, and so that can span anything. When we talk about visual work, it can span, let's say, puppetry and object theatre, but it can also be physical theatre, dance theatre, bits of circus and aerial and then in the film side, it's animated forms across the full spectrum of what that, that might mean. So stop motion, hand-drawn animation, some computer animation, um, and, and, and increasingly installation work we're doing as well. So we, we find, sometimes we talk about our, our festival like where we sort of, we, we absorb refugee art forms <laughs> where they don't quite know where they fit uh, in other places, they come to us. And it's very much about um, the visually led um, and one thing that's really nice about that is it enables us to connect with people who might struggle or, or aren't naturally catered for in text-based work. So we have a big uh, D-deaf audience and some hard of hearing audience members. Um, and also for people who have English as a second language, it, 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 it transcends naturally, as I say, it transcends boundaries. So I think there's really something in there for everyone. It's interesting. I'm thinking that in this country, uh, often some of the art forms you've spoken about are maybe considered, or they had been in the past considered for children only, but in the rest of the world, often that's not the case, is it? You know, I'm thinking circus, animation, puppetry in particular. Um, 
there's not maybe the same tradition here that there has in say Eastern Europe or somewhere like that. Yeah, I think in Northern Europe, so some Nordic countries, there's a similar, they have a similar battle. My sort of peer festival directors in Europe often talk about breaking down this preconception about puppetry for children only. Yeah. Um, it, the preconception actually exists everywhere in a way, but, uh, but as you say, less so in Eastern and Central Europe. Um, and we've learned a lot. I mean, my predecessor, Simon Hart, who founded the festival, I think initially took inspiration from being at these festivals in Europe where this work so naturally, nobody was asking the question, but why is it puppetry for adults? It was just, that's what, that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> Same with visual theatre. You could go to a you could go to major theatres in Slovenia uh, or Croatia and see work with absolutely no language in it. And I think that's much more unusual here. And so that's very much what our mission is, is to look at different ways of telling a story. And you spoke about, um, you know, bringing your community together. So what is that community? Is it um, people who are regularly attending as well as people who create the art? Yeah, it's both of those things. Enthusiasts, um, artists, critics. Uh, and our audience is really varied. You know, we have a really broad uh, range of sort of cross-section of ages and backgrounds that attend our work. We have a really committed core audience that have been with us right the way through. And I think a lot of what we're doing this year is about trying to show a broader base of people actually how how much there is for everyone, you know? And so we love, I mean, our audience are so, so devoted to the festival and we, we want to hang on to that core. But I think, I think a lot of people don't realize, particularly with the preconceptions you mentioned, that this kind of work could be for them. Mm -hmm. And so that's the idea with being out in the city streets, bringing it to people rather than expecting them to come to us. And then hopefully next time they'll come to us. So how can people, where can people find stuff and, and, and find the, the work going on? So we're in four venues. We're indoor venues across the city. We've got a uh, summer hall, mm. the studio at uh, the Festival Theatre, so the studio on Potterow, um, Fruit Market, which is a new relationship for us this year, which is really exciting, and the Traverse Theatre. Right. Um, so there's four locations for indoor work. And then we're also going to be outside. So there is a major um, projected installation in the streets, which is in a location yet to be revealed. Okay. Um, projected onto Edinburgh's architecture every night of the festival. Um, and then we will also have a roving uh, large scale puppet installation. Um, again, which locations will be revealed. I say that like it's going to be this big, exciting secret. <laughs> it's just we want to make sure that... Uh, we don't say it's in a place and then it's somewhere else. Yeah, so uh, watch this space in late January and uh, you can find out where to find these roving roving artworks. So when people are in and around uh, Edinburgh during the festival, they may bump into puppets and, and things going they on. They may bump into puppets. Uh, I would hope they'll almost certainly see projections uh, on the side of buildings, which is very exciting. Yeah. And you see, it's been, this is its 16th year. Um, what, what can you tell us a little bit about the history of it? Sure. Um, as I say, my predecessor, Simon Hart, initially, so the organisation dates back to 1984, and it was yeah. Puppet Animation Festival, which was a festival for children and families that took place all across uh, Scotland. And when Simon Hart came on board, that grew into Puppet Animation Scotland, a development agency for these art forms. And then it was coming approaching 2008, so sort of 2006, seven. Simon was visiting uh, other countries in Europe, looking at the development of puppetry as an art form, and really just noticing this glaring gap of puppetry for adults. 
Um, and uh, Ben Torrey, who was working with him at the time, who's now actually on our board. Um, so it's sort of a nice cycle. His first arts job was with, with us and now he's on our board. Um, the two of them were uh, talking about names and ideas and uh, manipulate emerge. The idea of um, whether it's manipulating the body, manipulating an object, manipulating forms, um, not manipulating people, we hope. <laughs> um, and really it was about the fact that there wasn't a lot of work happening at the grassroots level or a lot of investment in this kind of art making at the grassroots level and the idea was let's bring over some of the very best work from across Europe and um, help those artists mix and mingle with Scottish artists and maybe we'll seed some of this so I think that first festival was about 80 85 percent international work right in more recent years it's been about 70 percent Scottish work which just shows the huge growth there's been in the Scottish sector in this time and that is really down to the work of, of Simon and the team and you know everyone who's been here across the years and um, along with other organizations like Surge who work in sort of street theatre and physical theatre it feels like it's a, a form that's really really grown in the last decade. And did you manage to do anything during the lockdowns was it or was it just you know closed down for a couple of years? Uh, no we did a lot I mean, maybe if I hadn't been so new, we would have done less. But I, I came in in August 2020, full of them and bigger. And, um, you know, our artists are just, I mean, they're so used to kind of conjuring magic out of nothing. Mm -hmm. they, they had all of this creative energy and obviously saw their livelihoods absolutely gutted in COVID. It felt like our responsibility especially as an organisation who relies less on ticket revenue than some of the bigger festivals, yeah. to just make, make create work for people and continue to make things happen. So we did a fully digital festival in 2021, and we had people tuning in from 39 countries around the world. We had these live chats after the performances where people would be like, hey, I'm in China, it's 4am here, but I wanted to see the show, you know, which was lovely. Um, and then last year we had, unfortunately, we we planned a bigger live programme, which half of it had to be cancelled due to Omicron. Um, but we still did manage to get some live work on and had a complete sellout festival um, last year. But this is the first, yeah, return, full return. I guess the only regret is that, um, you know, like so many organisations, we developed this really interesting digital program in COVID and then in a way we've come straight back to live and there's a lot of questions about to what extent do we yeah. maintain that and I don't know whether people's appetite for seeing digital work is as strong as it used to be but it feels like there's something there in the international network that we built that we still want to capitalize on but it's figuring out how I think. So is there going to be a kind of hybrid element that there will there, obviously you've got the, the live stuff happening but there will be some digital aspect? Yeah, so our film programme is online um, and it will remain online now. That that was an adaptation for the pandemic that's here to stay, um, which is great. So we've got both live showings and online showings. We also developed this strand during COVID when we were thinking about how can you make art that's performance without any people in it <laughs> um, so that we don't have this like cross-infection risk. So we started this strand of installation and um, particularly around kinetic sculptures, so sculptures that move on their own um, and it was just really popular so then last year we had a, a digital sort of augmented reality installation which again mm -hmm. did very well it came over from France I think it came over from France came over in one box without any humans which is why we were able to, to bring it last year and so we, we're 
we're really, that's another thing that's been a COVID adaptation that's here to stay, I think, because it allows people, for whatever reason, who might not be able to attend an evening performance as easily as others. And I look at myself, I think of myself in this, because I've got two small children and sometimes like the babysitting and the getting out, you know, so installation allows us to put work on through the day flexibly. Sometimes it's drop in, drop out. And it's all, a lot of it is just about speaking to all those different audience groups, or as you say, online, whereby people are, they can't get to Edinburgh, but they can still engage with what we do. Yeah, I mean, it's not even just the, the international aspect of that, but it's the national aspect as well, that people who are interested around Scotland will be able to take part without having to travel. Yeah, and we had a lot of people emailing us saying that their disability or their caring responsibilities or the sheer miles yeah. from whatever in, in US didn't make it a possibility so before so it was really exciting I think to broaden in that way it's just performance is the harder one to think about how it how it lives online and live and I know some people are doing it really well but um yeah it's it's a challenge when you don't have the budget of the National Theatre Live program yeah, sure absolutely but this is this seems like a, a real uh, you're back with a bang with the kind of size of the festival and having new partnerships and doing outdoor stuff. Does it feel like almost starting over for you? Like, let's do this uh, bigger than we've ever done before. I guess I probably wouldn't use the expression starting over right. because I think what, what had been built when I came in um, by everyone collectively um, and then has been carried on, it's really about um, continuing with the spirit of that. Right. But thinking about the kind of what was sparked in the pandemic was actually the un the adaptations we had to make for a reason we didn't want to ended up having these benefits like yeah, oh, yeah we're reaching new people yeah. and I think that's the thing that stuck is reaching new people like actually this is for everyone it should be for everyone we need to do more to reach everyone um, and that has felt a really positive kind of bolt of energy through the whole organization like how can we find as many ways to do that as possible and what can people expect can you tell us a little bit about the program sure so we've got I mean, we've got work from how many countries about 14 countries I think maybe more than that 18 countries we've got work from um of which as I say the majority is Scottish um but there are Four productions, uh, theatre productions coming over from various corners of Europe. Um, they include a piece called Birdie, which is a micro cinema theatre piece about migration, told through the lens of the metaphor of migrating birds mm -hmm. and looking quite specifically as its example at this one town in the north of Morocco, which is under Spanish control and the kind of, I guess, the arbitrariness of boundaries and how they don't mean anything uh, to other creatures we share the planet with. And there's I think a thousand miniature animals in the piece and they use tiny little cameras and big screens to to weave a narrative that we wow. go along with them on. It's beautiful work, which I'd highly recommend. And that's So that's part of our international programme. On the Scottish side, we have the premiere of a new piece called Love Beyond, Act of Remembrance. So that's a brand new co-production between uh, leading deaf visual theatre artist Ramesh Mayapan with uh, Vanishing Point and Raw Materials. Now that'll be coming to the Traverse and it's a piece, it is about, ostensibly it's about 
a, a, a couple and a deaf man who has dementia but it's not really about those things it's a love story and a very unusual love story mm. about how love lives in our memory and how the people around us um, exist for us outside of time or in, when time and memory is experienced in an unusual way um, and and I guess it encourages, us, it encourages us to think about how barriers like dementia might be experienced by somebody who's already deaf but that sounds like a worthier show it's just a beautiful love story that I'd really recommend people see. Um, we also have in our film programme um, a selection of international shorts uh, by women from around the world. Um, I think in that programme particularly, we have worked from five new countries that have never been at the festival right. before, including Iran and Azerbaijan and Mali, Iceland. Um, and it's really just showcasing extraordinary female um, filmmakers from across the world in a, a series of shorts. In the film sector particularly, and in animation particularly, women are still quite underrepresented, uh, underrepresented and struggle to access the same opportunities. So this has been a really important programme for us. Um, and it's just banging. There's just such a range of different styles. I really, um, I think that's one not to miss. And maybe I'll just highlight an installation piece as well. So you have a nice range. Um, I guess something for everybody that everyone can experience is this video piece I was talking about before. It's called Unretained mm -hmm. by a Belgian artist called Sabine Molinar, who festival regular attendees may recognise the name of. She's been a few times with her company Sandman Dance. This time, the work is a video work, and it is she is during lockdown filmed dancers, dancers with all very different body types, including a pregnant woman, different ages and shapes moving and dancing underwater so they're um weightless timeless um bodies moving in this kind of beautiful weightless way which will be projected across the architecture of edinburgh in the evenings every evening of the festival and yes check it out in in late january we'll make an announcement of, of where you can find it. oh excellent i'm looking forward to that and we, how can people get tickets and get involved so all of our tickets are sold by our partner venues um, the best place to start is our website, which is manipulatefestival.org. There's a full list of everything that's on. So we also have workshops. We have networking events. There are the installations I mentioned, the shows, the films. Everything is listed in our what's on. And then when you click into the individual shows, it will take you to the link of the venue where you can book tickets. There may be some things which are free, but you still need to book a ticket for. So just double check. And the other thing I'd mention is that the festival really is primarily for adults. So in terms of the audience, everything is um, got an age guidance on it. Right. Um, and, and we will let you know if there are things you can bring the family to. Obviously the things that happen out in the street are perfect for kids. And we really welcome them at, at any show where the, the age rating is suitable. Um, but just double check before you book. The other yeah, because people might think, oh, it's a puppet show and not realize that there is um, a rating there. And I yeah. wanted to ask you about, aside from Manipulate, what Puppet Animation Scotland do, uh, you know, aside from that, for the rest of the sure. year. So we are, um, we sort of define actually as an art forum development advocacy and support organisation. So we really um, see ourselves as the kind of go-to organisation in Scotland for creatives in this field looking to develop their practice. So if people are a professional artist in any of the art forms we have discussed um, they can get in touch with us we support artistic practice in a number of ways we have seed funding to give out 
Um, we do producing surgeries with people, we do networking events, um, artist ticket funds so people can get money and support with the cost of attending work. And anyone who's interested in a career in the creative industries, I think, is very welcome to approach us. We, we love just to have conversations with the people. Um, and then the other major strand of our work is through a programme called Captivate, which is new. It's the evolution of Puppet Animation Festival that I mentioned before, which is our children and families work. And we've evolved it into this thing called Captivate for the reason that we found we were going to 40, 50, 60, 70 locations uh, for the three hours. And this programme is about going to three locations for five years and really bedding into communities. And we do, we deliver programmes around puppetry and emotional resilience, um, holiday hunger animation programmes for families who are um, vulnerable and experiencing poverty, um, and, and general community placemaking creative engagement work. Um, and that takes place in uh, North Lanarkshire, Western Edinburgh and uh, the Western Isles. So if you live in any of those places, check out Captivate because it's, it's happening. Well, because I was thinking as we've been talking, in other arts, I think people, if they're interested, they maybe know, you know, what to do to take that first step, but in puppetry, perhaps not. So getting in touch with yourselves was maybe the, the first step that people could take. Yeah, and I think if people have an interest in, in, in doing more puppetry at home or themselves or trying it out, we do have a section on our website, which is actually, I think, under development at the moment, but coming right. soon. During lockdown, um, we ran this project called Puppetry at Home, which sort of exploded on YouTube with little tutorials of ways <coughs> to make puppets and do puppetry with their kids. And that's coming very soon. It's all going to be available on our website. So if people want to try different techniques, just as an as an amateur or, or for fun, um, that will be available on our website. And there's also a series of resources for people interested in exploding it as a career. Um, so check it all out on our website because it's all almost there. <laughs> And before uh, we go, I think it'd be worth reminding people of the dates and details of Manipulate. Sure. So it'll be running uh, the 2nd until the 11th of February, 2023, um, across four venues in Edinburgh. Um, the times each day vary, so have a look at our website. Most of the activities in the evening, but there are some all-day activities as well. Well, Don, it's been fascinating talking to you. It really makes me want to join in with Manipulate. Sounds great. Yeah, please come along. We'd love to have you. And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers. <laughs>